The fervor over New York's pretrial detention laws may have waned compared to recent years at the Capitol, but the state is collecting more and more data about the impact and implementation of the changes to the use of bail since 2019. So to help us break down the latest available information, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Josh Solomon, a Capitol reporter for the Times Union. Welcome back to the show, Josh. Thanks for having me again. Well, as I said, bail might not be dominating the discourse in Albany, but the governor is looking to address retail theft. And I know you've been looking at shoplifting arrests and pretrial detention. So what stands out to you from the most recent data on the issue? Well, overall, retail theft, recidivism, the rates in which someone is rearrested when they have a pending case is slightly down. But the big thing are regionality trends that you're seeing in the data, which is in some instances, judges, prosecutors are requesting bail, setting bail more often on repeat, quote unquote, repeat offenders, a revolving door of shoplifting as the governor has described it. And in other cases, they're not doing that at all. There's There's been no substantial changes. And you mentioned this idea of regional differences. Do any regions of the state stand out to you? Are we seeing different numbers, say, in New York City compared to upstate? Or can neighboring counties have wildly different figures? Depending on who you ask, it's really dependent on the judge or the DA that you have. In Buffalo, as opposed to Albany... They're setting bail a lot more often on instances of shoplifting when someone has a pending case. Typically, the the ability for a judge to set bail in those cases, that ability was a hard-fought win for the governor to amend the 2019 bail statute to provide judges with, quote-unquote, more discretion. Her attempt was, okay, we don't want to see someone shoplifting in a store getting arrested, released, doing it again, 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 and the judges and the prosecutors saying, I can't set bail on them while holding them pretrial. And obviously, criminal justice advocates have issues with holding anyone pretrial who has yet to be found guilty of a a crime that should be very clearly stated. Well, yeah, sticking with this idea of judicial discretion, which is really a large focus of the debate over pretrial detention, but you have two different sides of the conversation with critics arguing that judges have their hands tied, while proponents, almost entirely liberals, contend that judges simply aren't utilizing the full scope of their authority. Does the most recent data address this debate? You you highlighted the fact that there is regional differences. So it seems like some people are choosing to use their authority and others just aren't. In Brooklyn and Queens, they use their authority. In Manhattan and the Bronx, they use their authority less. There's so much that can go into explaining why that may happen. A certain county, a certain borough has more cases, has less prosecutors, less time to, you know, work on small, quote unquote, smaller issues. Maybe they're working on murders, whatever it may be, right? But there are differences. And what you're seeing is in some instances, they do, in fact, use their quote unquote discretion to set bail. Now, it should be clear. It's not all the time. In fact, it may not even be often. It could be, say, in half the instances in which they're setting bail. But in another county, they're doing it a third of the time. And What you're seeing from very, very general trends is that 
the places where they set bail more often on repeat shoplifting offenses. There's maybe some type of correlation between a decline in in overall reported numbers of retail theft, but those those data points are so fresh and so new that it's really difficult to to say one is causing the other. Regardless of that, the governor's administration is very much looking at that data and they're coming out and touting it and they're touting it with the DAs that happen to be in those counties that are enforcing (laughs) and using discretion to request bail. And they're saying, hey, this is what we need to be doing. And in fact, we need to be even harsher with it because we're first addressing those who are repeat offenders. And now we're going to go after organized retail theft. It's a, a, a step process for the administration to try to ad- address something that they say is uh, contributing to people's feeling that crime is still bad. And a recent Siena poll says people think crime is as bad or worse than it was last year, even though the data doesn't reflect that. Well, there's a lot of nuance to the state's pretrial detention laws. For example, something that might not be bail eligible if it happens once can become bail eligible if you're arrested uh, for the same offense, say, multiple times. So given that variation in the pretrial detention law, is there any indication from the data you've looked at that judges are even aware of the different avenues they can pursue with some of these repeat offenders? Because there had been this concern from uh, proponents uh, of the recent changes that judges simply don't understand the powers they have. So does it seem to you like they are taking advantage of those more, more complicated powers they might be able to flex? It seems really regional. State Senator Anthony Palumbo, the ranking chairman on the Judiciary Committee, former prosecutor on Suffolk County on Long Island, he said, it's not rocket science. The prosecutors and the the judges should be able to clearly understand what's bail eligible, what's not. Nonetheless, there are still Democrats who would like to see, including state Senate Majority Leader Andre Stewart-Cousins, who would like to see their legislation to require specific training on bail to be implemented and to make sure that judges very clearly know those nuances to the law, not just looking at their cliff notes of, of what the legislation is at the bench and trying to figure it out off of a, a chart that they have on their lap. Well, before we move on, let me reintroduce you for listeners just joining us. We're speaking with Josh Solomon, a Capitol reporter for the Times Union. And since the adoption of the major reforms in 2019, there have been, as we've talked about numerous times, steps to restore the status quo, so to speak. Uh, Based on this ebb and flow, how does the population of New Yorkers being held behind bars uh, while awaiting trial compare to, say, before these reforms took place, really before the pandemic? It's less than before the reforms, but it's more than since the tweaks that the governor has issued. There have been some type of relationship between the two. As judges have more discretion to set bail, fewer people are being released and and, uh, additional people are being held. Nonetheless, it's nowhere near where it was previously, which advocates were particularly concerned were going to return to those levels. Hasn't gone to there, but additional people are being held pretrial. And you've reported that about three quarters of people in New York's jails are awaiting a trial and have not yet been convicted of a crime. I want to 
ask you about the data itself, because during this year's budget hearings and the public protection portion of the budget, one of the issues that was raised by State Senator Dean Murray, a Long Island Republican, was the usefulness of the data. So as someone who's been living with this issue for a couple years now, how useful is the data that the state puts out? It's very useful. It's just always behind. It's it's data that lags six months from the current period. And in the case of the legislature, that meets for six months of the year. It's always reflecting their prior actions and maybe giving you a slight glimpse, a couple-month glimpse, at whether their changes that they instituted actually are making a difference. The point we've written about plenty of times is the data is, is, is lagging behind. Other data don't wait six months to find out what's happening. Isn't there a case to be made, though, that some of this data takes time to actually be realized? For example, if someone is arrested and they're released, we don't know the next day if they've been rearrested. Maybe it'll take a couple weeks. Maybe it'll take a, a couple months. So in that case, isn't there a benefit to waiting for this? There's always going to be that inherent issue in the data set. And what it captures is any docketed arraignments up to the end of that period. And so you'll always see that people who were arraigned on an issue on December 30th obviously are very unlikely to have a rearrest. People who were arraigned July 1st were more likely to have a rearrest. So there's always that push and pull with it. And so anyone who's looking at it, a reporter, a researcher, a lawmaker, they all have to come into it knowing, okay, we're probably going to see always a slightly lower rearrest rate in the current year that we're looking at versus the prior year. How substantial of a decrease is it? Is it statistically significant? And and those are things that you have to look at it, but it all depends on how you approach the data and how how comfortable you are with it. The data is not necessarily the most accessible. The DCJS and OCA have done what they can to make it easy to use, user-friendly. Well, yeah, that was going to be my next question. Is the packaging of this information in a useful format for reporters like yourself? And when you have questions about what you're looking at, are the state officials who are responsible for putting it out there receptive to your questions? I find it very accessible. It's just... If you're not comfortable working deep in Excel, you're probably not going to be comfortable with this data set. And whether lawmakers are comfortable with that or not, I don't know. And whether their staff is, I don't know. But it's a massive data set. It always takes my computer quite some time to load it up. But this is the data the legislature required to be reported when they instituted these laws. This is the lawmakers, the speaker, the majority leader always say, we're looking at the data, we're looking at the data. The glaring issue has always been they say they're looking at the data, but the data is always lagged. So they can always have a defense that, well, we don't know what happened with our latest tweaks, So we got to wait some more time. 
Well, finally, on the policy front, we mentioned earlier that the governor is looking to address retail theft crime specifically, but are there any other policies that the Democratic majorities in the legislature or the governor are looking to advance based on some of this data that we've been talking about in pretrial detention more broadly? Or does it seem like that has kind of taken a back seat in the budget negotiations and this session more broadly? It's not the central focus of the pulse here in Albany the way it has been previously. There's other concerns about domestic violence, other hate crimes, those issues in which New Yorkers have repeatedly kind of have expressed and the business community have expressed, this is affecting the way people are looking at the state, at the city. There's concern about that, but it appears that they are avoiding making a big bail fight because it was a really difficult fight for them in an election year in 2022, and it's an election year once again. Yeah, you expect this to be part of the election discourse in 2024. I have to imagine Republicans will be bringing this up and Democrats will have to either decide to wage the war and try to defend it or try to run away from it. Republicans have made it pretty clear that anything short of a complete overhaul, a return back to pre-2019, will probably not satisfy their policy goals. Some have some nuance on it, but Overall, the party has been pretty clear they would like a repeal of at least some of it or at least giving judges even greater discretion to set remand, to set people straight to to jail. And so Democrats have to decide whether they want to lean into that conversation or do they want to just say, instead of talking about bail, a really difficult thing for voters to think about, they're talking about retail theft. They're talking about a can of spam in a glass box and a CVS in your neighborhood for a couple bucks and you're wondering why is this and the governor is trying to say i'm getting the spam out of the box well we've been speaking with josh solomon he is a capital reporter for the times union josh thank you so much for visiting us in the studio you're welcome Support for the Capitol Press Room is provided by New York State United Teachers, a statewide union of nearly 700,000 professionals in education and healthcare.